everyone and welcome to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Kira and I'm Em and today we are back with the third episode of the season. I feel like it's it's fun. We've got a little bit of something different to say because for the last like six months we yeah. were like and now we're on episode 25 whereas now we're back to you know episode three. It feels fun. We're starting from scratch. It's but all yeah. neat and tidy. I feel Love like that. I really <laughs> like this setup so far. Like, knowing what's coming up in all the episodes, well, we know. No one yeah. else knows, but we know. It just makes me so excited to record each one. It's fun. I feel like it's nice to have, like, that creative vision, which hopefully is coming across to you guys. <laughs> Although, I will admit, the first couple of episodes were a little bit hectic, I think, because we'd not yeah. recorded for a few weeks, and we were like... Yeah, I do think, like, doing this, obviously, with this season, we are not only doing it like that and planning ahead, but we are mm. also using guests for the first time. And so, if the first couple of episodes need a little bit need a little <laughs> bit of time for us to work on things like we were just saying before we press record that everything's a learning curve and that's what I love most about doing the podcast is that mm-hmm. we started this from scratch with no idea what we were doing and that definitely applies to kind of the mechanics of this season and guests as well so bear with us if things have been a bit hectic I feel like we're just learning as we go along Absolutely. And of course, we are always open to your feedback for any of the things that you are liking or not liking from this episode. So you can let us know that on Instagram at We're Spinning Plates. But with all of that said, shall we kick it off as always with our high and low of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so just to give context to this roundup for me, mine's going to be entirely like London based again. So I've (laughs) been in London. Yeah, I love that I'm getting to visit London more like I feel like I'd always kind of been scared of it as a city. Mm. Uh, but now that I'm like seeing it more regularly and with someone that knows London, which if you haven't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the previous episode where I went to London, my boyfriend and his family live there. So I feel like seeing it on a more regular basis is just, I'm loving it. So <laughs> the last week or five days or so, I've been in London. And so kind of everything is related to that. But my low of the week, we're going to start with the low <laughs> of the week because it happened this morning and I'm still not over it. So, <laughs> so this morning, like Ben lives kind of outside of London so you have to get the tube into King's Cross and I I said okay it's 11.30 my train's 11.30 let's leave at 10am so we've got plenty of time Uh, we can get coffee like it'll be really chilled and relaxed because I hate rushing for the train it really stresses me out (laughs) so we set off at about 10 past 10 because are we ever on time no and and it was gonna end up just perfectly timed so we were on the tube and I was like I'll just check my seat number and then I looked and it wasn't half past 11 it was five past eleven. <gasps> oh, <laughs> which my is God. is a considerable difference. And At least you was, checked. I know. Thank God I checked, and it was an advanced single, so you can't like get on another train. Like Ooh. I would have had to fork out for another ticket. So I was stressing and. I was that person like once for once in my life that is running across the train station. <laughs> like we made it. I made it on that train with 30 seconds to spare. Ooh, it it could have gone either way. That's like, so dramatic. It was it was very dramatic. I was literally sprinting through King's Cross, then trailing behind me with the suitcase. I was like, <laughs> come on, come on. But we made it. So um that is like a bit of a high as well, but honestly, it's the drama. Got... <laughs> it's the drama, Nick. I just love it. I got on the train, and you know, when you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to be a normal temperature again because I don't do a lot of running. Yeah, no, because <laughs> so I... it's gross. <laughs> yeah, it was not a fun time. So that is my low of the week, but it was also quite funny. It would have been a worse low if I'd have missed it. So well, that would have been a like... definite low at that point, where yeah. it was like a low but ended on a high. So yeah, exactly. Complain. 
Um, so that is the low. And then I feel like I've got a few things that I could talk about for a high, but I'll just pick one and then talk about the rest in the roundup. So on Saturday night, me and Ben went to see Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat at the I London Palladium. Do you know what's funny though? Like, I didn't realise that that song, which I think is the most iconic song, came on at the beginning and at the end. So, Ooh. amazing. Do you know, you I was actually twice. in the uh, the school production of Joseph <laughs> in year seven. Who were you? I think I was just in the chorus. No one, no one special. But that did mean that I was in quite a lot of the scenes because yeah. I was, you know, I was in an ancient Egyptian scene where I was wearing like a gold outfit and then... Um, I can't remember what else it was, but I was also in The Wiz and I was a sunflower. Um, so that was oh, fun. I love that. Do you know what? I, my mum always talks about this. So when my school did a production, it was Alice in Wonderland. And oh. I auditioned for Alice and <laughs> I didn't get it. Oh. And instead, they added in a speaking part with one line and it was a weed. A weed? Oh my God. You were a weed. I know. <laughs> it was hilarious. It wasn't hilarious at the time, but it is now. Um, <laughs> not quite so, Alice, but it's something. No. They told me my singing style was too American, so I guess that's the influence of American pop on my voice. Yeah, that's what you get for being a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> I know, exactly. I think that was definitely it. Uh, but what I was... Like, the high, like, obviously, was seeing the performance, but also it was just so emotional to see theatres back open. Like, yeah. they did a whole speech about it where they were like, it's so good to be back, and... I have been to quite a few productions like that and I've never heard applause that loud. Like, I think Mm -hmm. you could just feel in the air that everyone really appreciates it now. So it was really, really nice to see theatres back open. So that's definitely a high. What about you? Okay, so I'm going to do the opposite to you. I'm going to start with a high and then go on to my low. Yeah, got to do it. So my high is that this weekend just gone. First of all, it's kind of two highs in one. It was a bank holiday weekend. So I had booked... Friday off work and then I got bank holiday Monday off so I had a four day weekend which is just the ultimate luxury ultimate luxury um so that was great and then it was also our friend Sarah's birthday over the weekend and so she had planned out quite a few different things to do over the weekend she came over to my house for dinner on Thursday, we got Papa John's, which oh, was I great. I saw that. Mm, that looks Loved so nice. Loved it. I mean, I haven't had a Papa John's for a while, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, so that was definitely a high. Then we went out to a food festival on the Sunday. More on that in just a second. Um, <laughs> and then we went out for dinner on the Sunday. Went out for afternoon tea at Betty's on the Monday. And it was just a food-filled weekend, which is always a high for me. Sarah heard the word birthday and was like, I'm not letting this pass me by. Also, no. birthday shout-out to Sarah, if she listens to this. Happy birthday for quite a while in the past now, by the time this actually <laughs> goes live. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, lots of food, really great, and I had a great time. Sarah had been talking about her birthday to me since, I think, like, February. I remember <laughs> being, like, wrapped up in coats, gloves, scarves, walking round, round a park in Leeds with um, like Starbucks drinks when it was locked down and the only way you could do anything was going out for walks and the drinks were a necessity to keep our hands warm and she was talking about like oh I really need to start thinking about my birthday and I, at that point I was like when is your birthday? Oh it's August, end of August, bank holiday weekend. So she's had this in the works for a while now so it was fun to actually finally do that and just have some fun bank holiday plans so yeah. it's not really a super specific high of the week but just a general like a high great weekend. weekend. Oh I should also mention that I did go 
go out for coffee with my mum on the Friday so it wasn't all about Sarah's birthday and that was really nice as well got to have some nice raw vegan cheesecakes that looked amazing really really lovely and it was a, a cafe that I'd wanted to go to previously but my sister who was with us last time we wanted to go there was in a mood because she didn't like the uh the sound of it it was a fully vegan cafe and it wasn't for her so it was good to go back with my mum and go to that cafe so that is the high of the week my low of the week I just mentioned the food festival so although it was a fun experience to go with Sarah and I also met Sarah's other friend Jess who I'd never met before that part of it was fun however the food festival itself disappointing from start to finish so that is so disappointing because I I thought I thought when you said you were going to that 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 had such high hopes. I know that was like definitely something I, I was very hopeful about. I try not to get too excited for these things because there's never any guarantee yeah. about how much vegan stuff they're gonna have. Um, and unfortunately, this happened to be one of those places that had very 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 little vegan food. Um, but actually, Sarah and Jess, who are not vegan, they didn't find that much that they wanted to get either. So it was just like a bit of a disappointing experience. Um, There was also an exotic animal um, kind of like enclosure display kind of thing like a guy had brought loads of birds of prey that were all tied up he had meerkats in really small cages um and like snakes things like that and I just nearly cried because I was like this is so sad these animals should not be here like obviously there's ways to see animals like that in like a way that inhabits their like natural habitats yeah but seeing birds tied up just always makes me sad because they would normally have like such yeah, so much a lot space. of freedom and also like there was owls and things like that you know animals that are nocturnal and that was usually yeah. be quite solitary and they were in such a busy loud environment and I just felt very sad for them so that was kind of um a bit of a dampener on that whole experience but food festival was rubbish but it's okay because it was kind of sandwiched in with loads and loads of other fun stuff so it was like a bit rubbish but also can't complain because the rest of the weekend was great so that's my high and low I have a few other things to mention for my week but do you have anything else you want to say first Yep. Uh, I also love, like, we can romanticise everything, but I also really like that we will say if something is shit. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to. You can can trust us, guys. We will be honest if something is rubbish. Yeah. Um, But in terms of other things that happened, so very foodie again, but I'll start with the non-foodie thing. Have you heard Maisie Peter's new album? I actually haven't, no. Because I genuinely do think that you would really enjoy it. So she's, I've been listening to her music for a good few years now. She's so young, I think she's 21. But she's, she put a picture on her, it's her debut album. And she put a picture when she was 15, busking. And now she's just released her debut album on Ed Sheeran's label. I've seen a picture of her and Ed together, so that's fun. Yeah, and it's just such a good album. She writes all her own music, which is why I think you might like it. It's very, like, poppy, just, like, fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's just a really great album, and it came out when I was on the train down to London, so it was perfect timing. It just has a really kind of... I think she's just not afraid to say what she thinks, Mm -hmm. which is a theme in these podcasts sometimes, so... That's that. cool. Anyone kindred that likes spirit. us saying what we think, yeah. She's definitely a kindred spirit. And it's just a really fun pop album. But also, when you know that someone's written all the songs and it's like their life's work, it's just really mm-hmm. cool to listen to that. So, 
that is another thing that happened this week that I really enjoyed. And then I, when I go down to London, every time I go, I always make a list of things I've seen on Instagram and then I present it to Ben as kind of like a, I don't know where anything is in London. Is this doable? And he somehow manages to make it so we zip all over London and we see the things. Nice. So there's three things I'm going to mention. So the first one is a restaurant that I've heard so many people talk about and it is Dishoom. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. It's like a Indian Bombay style restaurant and there's one in Edinburgh and there's a few in London and so we booked it before the theatre and I had the best lentil dal I have ever had. Like honestly, I cannot even describe, you would have loved it. I'm pretty sure it was vegan and it was just, oh, it was honestly one of the best things I've ever put in my mouth which if you separate that clip out on its own sounds a bit sounds disgusting a but, gross, but the, the lentil doll was not and they also I didn't try this but they had on the menu a dark chocolate chai which I thought sounded <gasps> oh, really cool I bloody love chai chai yeah. is my life you've just reminded me of another high of the week that I've got to discuss in a moment <laughs> we just love food I feel like that's <laughs> the common theme so if anyone is ever near a dishroom honestly such a nice place to go for dinner and the red lentil doll was amazing so that's the first food thing mm-hmm. and then the second one is have you seen on Instagram noops spelt like k-n-o-o-p-s I haven't I've not seen anything clearly I think I just get <laughs> Instagram clearly knows that if it like pushes things up my way in ads I will fulfill that dream uh, and I'm not surprised I got recommended it because it's like a hot chocolate shop um. so there's one in Chelsea and one in Kensington and we went to the one in Kensington and basically there's like I would say 20 different percentages of chocolate going from white all the way to dark and you can have it as a hot chocolate or a milkshake or an iced chocolate or an iced mocha or a mocha anything mm-hmm. um and so i ended up getting i think it was like a 34 percent chocolate milkshake with vanilla and oh it was just such a good week of food because that ha- might be the best chocolate milkshake <gasps> i've wow. ever tasted it was just the right consistency it just tasted luxurious like ben had i think it was a white chocolate and vanilla milkshake and oh, that was gorgeous I love too white chocolate. um I just love, like, when you see things on social media. This is why I work in social media, because I'm such a sucker for it myself. Like, Mm -hmm. and then you get to experience it in real life. I'm all about that. So that was really nice, too. And then the final thing, which is kind of related to the theme of this episode, so I saved it till last, um, is that I went to Book Bar, which I did post about on Instagram. I did see you talk about that on Insta. I think, like, when I go to London... All of the independent bookshops are all spread out, so it's hard to see them all at once. Like, people that do it all in a day and see all of the independent bookshops, I'm like, that's very (laughs) impressive. Uh, But this one is, I think it, where was it? Finsbury Park. Um, And it's a little kind of wine and coffee bar. And then it's got loads of books and you can browse the books whilst you drink and then you buy them at the end. And it was just such a cozy, lovely, like, set out shop. Like, books were in stacks everywhere. They'd Mm -hmm. recommend you, if you talk to the bookseller, they would, like, recommend you a personalised book. Uh, You can buy books from there online. It was just a really great independent bookshop. So... That was the final thing I wanted to mention. And I'm, I've made a reel, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> Reels are my second language. <laughs> um, so I've got a London reel going up. Well, it'll already be up by the time this goes up. So if you want to see any of those things, check out my reel. <laughs> I was so keen on the, the book bar. It looked really cool. So It was. I think you'd have loved it. A really nice way to like browse books mm-hmm. and also like socialise at the same time. Like how many... I've seen like coffee shops that are bookshops before, but never a wine bar as well. Like an evening kind of... Like it's open till nine. Yeah. So that's quite cool. Definitely quite a unique concept. Mm. Okay, so... 
based on what you just said, the thing that I wasn't planning to talk about, but I have to talk about, is um, chai ice cream. I saw this on your story as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Stalking your stories. Um, Wicked Kitchen, who are like the plant-based Tesco range, have brought out chai-flavoured ice cream. Now, their this ice is cream is very similar to Ben & Jerry's in style. It comes in like a pint and it has like chunks in it. I've had their cookie dough one before and it's so, so good. But instead of being like £6, it's like £2.50. So it's so much cheaper. Amazing. But you get the same amount and it's just... That in itself tastes delicious because it's, you know, the sweet taste of cheap food. Um, but <laughs> it tastes just like a Pret chai latte, which if anyone knows is just my... Is your go-to. My favourite thing in the possibly in the whole world. I just love it so much. So it was the ice cream version of that with caramelised biscuit chunks, which is like the non-branded way of saying Biscoff, basically. So... I then put some crumbled Biscoff on top of it and a little bit oh of a Biscoff drizzle. Oh my God, best thing ever. So would highly recommend the ice cream in general, but that combination to serve it on the next level. So that was amazing. <laughs> I now have two other things to talk to you about. One is a TV show and one is a very dramatic thing that happened to me. So I'm going to start <laughs> okay. with the TV show and then I'll finish up with the dramatic thing just to keep you all on tenterhooks. So... <laughs> TV show, not a new one, but new to me. I, well, actually, Jay and I started watching Downton Abbey this week. Whoa, I would have thought you'd have definitely watched exactly. that. Exactly. It's 100% the type of thing that you'd expect me to watch, but I hadn't until now, but it's on Netflix, and they must have added new season on, like, obviously not a new new season, but new to Netflix. So the final... <laughs> New new then. <laughs> when the, is it Teletubbies? Teletubbies, yeah. <laughs> new new. The little hoover. Um... But yeah, they added the last season onto Netflix. So it was being shown as like new episodes. So it was like promoted ah, right, okay. at the top. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to put on an episode of Downton. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Is it a score? It's a massive score. Me and Jay were obsessed. We're limiting ourselves to one episode a day so that we don't binge through it so quickly. But that first episode, you should have seen me. I was sobbing, sobbing. I didn't realise Downton was so dramatic. Well, I didn't until I watched it. And then, like, <laughs> there's this there's this character introduced in episode one. He's called Mr. Bates, and he is the valet for the Lord Grantham, who's, like, the guy who owns Downton Abbey. Um, and the valet, I guess they, like, are, like, the, the, the Lord's, like, main guy, get them dressed, help them do all that yeah. stuff, like, their personal butler type of thing. Um, and he knew him from the war, and he has, like, an injured leg. And so all of the other servants, except for, like, one or two, were really mean to him because he was, like, not I able to... think you're to, crying now. Like, <laughs> I could, if I thought about it hard enough, I could set myself back to that point <laughs> in time. Um, and they were just so mean to him. And Mr. Bates is my favourite person in the whole world. I am obsessed. So it was just really <laughs> emotional. Um, but so good. And as soon as I knew it could have that much effect on me from just literally one episode, I was like, this is a keeper. This is the show for so, me. Loving Considering it. you love, like, Call a Midwife so much. Yeah. Which is kind of like a historical kind of show. Do you know, I feel like I am such a... 
what I can't really think of the word for it is, but like, I'm a contrarian, that's it. So like, when people are pushing someone, like people are like, this is amazing, you have to watch it, that really puts me off of watching it. Yeah. When something's really popular. Whereas Call the Midwife, though it is obviously popular, I feel like is a bit niche, and so I've never felt like it's got that major hype around it. Whereas Downton obviously did, and so I never yeah. watched it. Whereas now it's quite a few years later, I feel like I can get in there now. <laughs> I do completely agree with that. That's what happened to me with The Crown. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone was talking about it, so I was like, I'm gonna resist this. I'm not gonna be a sheep. And now I'm like, well, should have watched it because it's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. So it is what it is. So that's Downton. Love it. It is my new my new purpose in life. Um, so that's great. Um, but the dramatic thing that happened to okay, me. Okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. literally leaning forward. Are you ready? I'm so ready. this was Thursday afternoon, about 3pm. I'm setting the scene. I was actually on a Zoom call. And then there was, Jay had just left for work. And then there was a big knock on the door, like quite a loud oh bang. Gosh. So I ran downstairs um, and the door was locked. Jay must have locked it on his way out to work. So I was like, one second, grabbing the key. And then there was another big bang on the door. So then I opened the door this is the part why did, where, why did you open this is the, the door? part where you might be thinking well, what were you doing new idea um, and there was a man stood at the bottom of the steps so obviously um you know that my house yeah. the front door there's like a few steps up to it um and he had crutches and he'd used his crutches to bang on my front door and um, this man was possibly drunk and also didn't speak very much English and so he was kind of slurring his words and also not really able to communicate what he was trying to say to me. Yeah. Seemed as though he was asking for help and saying that someone had taken something from him but I was really trying to like understand what he was saying but it was just so incoherent that I couldn't grasp it and he also kept kind of pausing to almost as if he was going to be sick. So I was like, oh. had my head peering around the door, but I was like ready to close it. And I said to him, I'm really sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. And he said something again. And I just said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Closed the door, locked the door, went back upstairs onto my Zoom call. I was a bit shaken up because I was like, that's really yeah, weird. Definitely. I don't know what's happened. And obviously I was on my own at home. Yeah. And then um, couldn't really focus on my Zoom call. I was very distracted. So after a few minutes, I was like, I'm going to go look out the bedroom window onto the main street and see whether he's still around. And he was doing the same thing further down the street, banging his crutch on the front doors of other people, like making his way down the street. So I was like, That's, I wonder what he wants, but I obviously didn't know. Yeah. Well, then I went back to my Zoom call. So started at about three. My Zoom call finished probably about four-ish. Um, I then went back out to look out the, the window, see whether he was still around. What was I greeted by other than that very man being arrested by no. armed police? What? Did you find out why? Did you ask them? Well, so there was um, five police cars on my street, one unmarked police car and a huge police van and about 10 or 12 armed police officers. There was no normal uniformed officers. It was all like the armed police with the machine guns and all sorts. And also some of them had dogs and they were arresting him, walking him up the street towards the van. I have got this on video. So if anyone wants to see the drama, (laughs) then let me know. I'll share the clip with you. So I shouted out the bedroom window to one of the armed police officers. I was like, excuse me. Um, Like he was knocking on my door. And then the armed police officer was like, yeah, he's been knocking on lots of people's doors. And I was like, well, why? And he was like, I can't say. 
what? Surely if someone knocks on your door and speaks to you, you can know. Well, exactly. So here's my quandary is, first of all, who was he? What did he want? Was I at risk of being murdered? Possibly. Um, but also like... This is not the level of... This is this is beyond it, what I expected. It's beyond what I was expecting when I went to look out the window that final time. So like... It was just so dramatic. And I'm thinking, like, in the UK, for anyone who's not from the UK, most of our police officers are not armed. They don't have guns on them. Um, It's only, like, select units of the police that are used for very, like, serious things that would have, you know, guns and stuff on them. So the fact that there were... Guns and stuff. Guns and whatnot. (laughs) Guns and other weapons. Um, But there were so many armed police officers, more than I think I've ever seen, like, over ten of them. On the street. And so I'm thinking, like, they must have known. Like, he must have been really dodgy. Because otherwise, like, if it was just someone called and said there's this man banging on people's doors, they would have just sent a couple of normal officers because he would have been, like, a public nuisance. But he must have been doing something really dodgy. Yeah, definitely. To warrant that. So that will forever be the mystery of my life, like the drama, and yet I'll never know, which is painful to me because I'm so nosy. But I just had to share the drama because it was so that unexpected. It's dramatic. I was like expecting, yeah. like you were on a Zoom call and Oscar jumped on the bookshelves and it fell down. Something like that level. Yeah, this no, is next level. Armed police level. Sarah was, that was when Sarah was coming around for her Papa John's and she arrived on the street as all the police were backing out and she was like, what on earth is going on? It <laughs> I was can imagine us saying so that. dramatic. But yeah, I think that's probably a good place to end this weekly yeah, roundup. That, that might be the most dramatic roundup we've had. I think it's probably going to be the most dramatic one we ever have. have. Well, ho- I hope it's going to be the most dramatic one. Yeah, no. Have. I don't want to beat that. I don't want to know no i don't either so yeah that's that i promise the main section of this episode is quite a lot light-hearted in comparison so shall we move on to the main section let's do it Okay, so moving on to the main section, one thing that we have really loved recording in other episodes, and we got a really great reception every time we do this kind of thing, is Mm -hmm. a bookish episode, bringing it back to our roots. Obviously, this is more of a lifestyle podcast, but we both come from a bookish background, whether that be Bookstagram or Booktube. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, oh, hi, Oscar. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Um, I did just want to say... Talking about bringing it back to our roots, I thought this episode might be a fun episode to launch what I was gonna, like, what my first suggestion was for this podcast, the title of it. Just I can't because even remember this. I love it. I think it's hilarious and, and great. And so we originally were like, we're talking about a podcast, but we didn't have a, like, full yeah. vision for what we wanted to take it in, but we knew we both wanted a podcast. And obviously at that point, we were both predominantly book content creators. So... I kind of thought maybe that would be the direction that we would go in. And obviously we are two girls. So I thought oh, we could do I the podcast. <laughs> two girls, one book. <laughs> um, which obviously is a play on something else. Weren't mentioned here. But I just thought it would be a really funny title for a podcast. So <sighs> though that isn't the direction we took it in, I thought I'd put it out into the world. Because if there's anyone out there who wants to start a podcast duo with a friend, 
there's a title that I think would be really hilarious and I will accept credit in your description box so there you go I completely forgot about that remember the good old days of like trying to mind map what we were going to do with this podcast and it very very nearly was two girls one book (laughs) so we're bringing it back to the bookish roots and we thought we'd do because we did an episode I think so many episodes not enough space in my brain (laughs) where we talked about the books like we were looking forward to read this summer and now it's the first of September when we're recording this so Mm -hmm. it is autumn the end of summer yeah. yeah wow um so we thought we would do kind of a summer roundup pick three books that we loved this summer and we'd recommend to you and then maybe mm-hmm. talk about if we're excited for anything that's coming up in the coming months so do you want to start off with a book that you really enjoyed this summer absolutely now you have talked about this book previously and i, I think oh, this I know may, what it may is. be on yeah. your list okay. no it's not on my list but i know what it is oh is, is it not okay so the book that i'm going to mention is i literally finished it this morning as we are recording this so it's like <laughs> just made it into the end of summer cut love it and that is sunset by jesse cave so em talked about this in a roundup a few weeks ago great great or, book and it's, it's a new release for this year i think it came out in june um but jesse cave is a content creator she's a podcaster she is an actress and i first came across her when she was in harry potter like years and years ago um, and then she has a wait who was she in harry potter lavender brown I don't um, remember. You know, the if you've ever seen like the later Harry Potter films, um, I think it's the sixth one. Ron gets a girlfriend who's not Hermione. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's Jessie. Yeah. So that's she's mad. in Harry Potter, um, and then she was also in another series that I watched on E4 called Glue, and. I just think that she has always been someone that I've enjoyed. Yeah. But then recently, um, last year, she started a podcast with her sister, Bibi, which is the We Can't Talk About That Right Now podcast. And I just think it's hilarious. So it's a definite favourite of mine. And so when I found out that she was releasing this book, I absolutely knew that I had to pre-order it. But then, a classic for me, I pre-ordered it, got my signed copy, and then ended up reading it for a good few months after the release. Because classic. I'm just, I'm just so bad at these things. So... It is a book which focuses on the relationship between two sisters. We've got our main character, Ruth, and then her older sister, Hannah. And it's a book that deals predominantly with the theme of grief, as well as looking into family relationships, romantic relationships, and how grief kind of seeps into every aspect of your life. It has like a bit of a, well, it's got a non-linear timeline is the way that I'd describe it. So we've got kind of like a present day version of Ruth, as well as kind of going back into recent history and then quite far in her past and childhood and kind of looking at all of things that shaped her her relationships and then how that has affected her in her present day and in particular with her experience of grief yeah I just thought it was such an authentic book it's based on Jessie's own experience of grief which is something that she went through quite recently with the loss of her brother and I just feel like that authenticity really comes through into the novel you can tell that it's based on someone's real lived experience but it also balances out that really really sad topic with humor like a dark sense of humor definitely but definitely like sort of the way that coping mechanisms kind of work and also how it is a non-linear experience of grief with the ups and downs and the progress and then taking so many steps back. And I just felt like it was just such 
a great book so amazing it was so beautifully written i definitely like consider putting it in the three but then i did think that you might have finished it in time because i think i saw somewhere that you were reading it or maybe you told me um and so i thought it might have made it into yours so didn't choose that one but i read it this summer and so so beautifully beautifully written it's Definitely something that's made me want to go and consume more of Jessie's work as Kira is a massive fan. So I need to go and taste test that podcast and then report back on the podcast. I just um, think her and Bibi are hilarious yeah. together. It's Anything so with sisters funny. is so up my street. So definitely agree. Amazing book. So I've got three, obviously, to choose one because that, that was what we decided <laughs> on. Uh, I'm going to save the best till last, which is a book that made me cry. I haven't cried at a book in years. But the one I'm going to go for now is also kind of relevant because it's one that I talked about um, mm-hmm. when we were talking about ones we were looking forward to. And it is The View Was Exhausting by Michaela Clements and I think it's on Julie Data, um, which is really cool because they're a married couple. So two women, married couple that live in Berlin and they wrote this book, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. Imagine trying to write a book with your partner because I know I couldn't do it. They say you you shouldn't work together. I feel like yeah. that's a, a risky thing, but clearly it works for some people. Yeah, and I also think like when I read books that are written by two people, I always expect to be able to tell that it's written by two people, but it's so Mm -hmm. seamless, this one. It's really great. So this is about basically a fake relationship. It it, it follows two perspectives. So you've got Whitman Tagore and Leo Milanowski. And so Whitman, or Wynne, she's called in the book, is like shortened. And she is an international movie star. She um, has Indian heritage, but she grew up in Britain. And then you've got Leo, who is a kind of... I don't really know what he is, like a playboy, like son of a billionaire kind of thing. And Um. so when Wynne is starting out her career in the movie industry in Hollywood, she encounters like, it really has a lens on how race and gender play into your position as a celebrity and how people will criticize you for everything and you, you can't put a foot wrong. And so she ends up in this scandal very early on in her career and her publicist suggests that she and Leo should start fake dating in order to cover up the scandal and just, it will be like the greatest love story of all time. They'll be Mm -hmm. on and off again. Whenever either of them has a bit of a scandal, they'll just get back together and that will kind of cloud anything that they've done before and all the eyes will be on them as a couple rather than their careers. So it's about this fake relationship um, and then it starts up on one of these scandals where they need to kind of start it up again and you can tell Mm -hmm. immediately that they are actually in love and they're just trying to push it down because they know it's a publicity stunt. And so it's about this fake relationship that's a publicity stunt set Mm -hmm. partly in this book in the French Riviera, which I just love a location like that. So lovely to read about. Um, And it's just about their lives and about their love story really, which... Obviously, they've been they've been told to make it fake, but it is you can see the moment you meet them how real it is. And I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of mixed reviews for this, uh, but a lot of people said it was boring. But because I am like a character driven writer and reader, yeah. even if the plot lacks sometimes, which I can see that it did, I did rate this five stars. But I don't know whether I need to like push it down a bit. Um, I can see that the plot sometimes lacked, but for me. I always kept reading because the spark between those two characters just felt so real. And when I read real chemistry between two people, it just makes me want to keep reading. So if you like chemistry, if you like the idea of like kind of looking into fake relationships in the media and with celebrities, because you don't know how many out there could be like that in real life. It's a very interesting concept. Then I think you will like this. Yeah, I can see that that's definitely the sort of book that you would like for sure. It's definitely, I feel um, like mine follow a definite theme. I feel like the, the title, not the title of the main character, but the, the job of the main character is international, I want to say super spy, but super, <laughs> super actress. International. 
who best buy? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of very Taylor Jenkins read. So yes. Like oh, you, she blurbed it on the front, that. which is why I bought it. Yes. Do you know what? I feel like now, now that you've said that, it's all flooding back yeah. from the, the last book episode. So yeah. yeah, definitely can see that you'd love that one. Um, okay. The next one for me, very, very different to the first one that I've mentioned. So the first one, obviously, very hard-hitting, yeah. very, like, emotional and intense. This one, complete opposite, very light-hearted romance, and also not at all summery. But that's good because we're leaving summer, so I would still recommend picking this one up going forward into autumn. And that one is um, Christmas Wishes at the Chocolate Shop. <laughs> by Jessica Redland who um is like a a romance author like a mass published romance author bringing out book after book after book after book um and she has loads of them and all set in like small Yorkshire seaside towns so I was like I like that that gives me like a Jenny is it Jenny Jenny Colgan vibe then I know you love that what what made you pick up a Christmas book like at this time of year well so I was following the publisher on Instagram um Boldwood Books and they this was a book that actually came out a while ago but they re-edited it retitled it and um sort of just like gave it a new cover and everything so they re-released it in summer and I saw it on their Instagram and I thought do you know what? Why not? So I actually listened to the audiobook um, and it was really nice. I listened to it at the gym over the course of like a week and it was just a fun, light-hearted romance. Yeah. It wasn't groundbreaking or anything like that. It was just, like you say, very much like a Jenny Colgan type vibe. You've got some characters going through some more serious things. Like, again, grief was a theme in this novel. This character had like lost her grandparents who raised her. And she was in a relationship with a guy where it wasn't right, but she also was kind of clouded by love and all of that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you've got a newer, better romantic partner mm. coming into the picture. Classic. And it's all about that kind of vibe, as well as her starting up her own chocolate shop. So it was a really great time, really fun. Definitely going to read some more Jessica Redland. That was the first one I'd read of yeah. hers before. If you ever want something that you can just like lose yourself in, basically feels like a sort of um, Hallmark Christmas movie, but in book format, then I would definitely recommend it. Although they're not all Christmassy, she does have other ones that are set at different times of year that just happened to be the first one that I picked up of hers I feel like there's something so cozy and reassuring about books like that like sometimes you just need a light-hearted fun romance and if it involves chocolate and also like to know like you know where it's gonna end you know how it's gonna be and that it's just nice like you could just watch it and be happy and not watch it read it and be happy (laughs) I was thinking about watching a Christmas film because, again, you you know what's going to happen at the end. That doesn't take away from the enjoyment of seeing the process. I would say the majority of books, you can always kind of tell how it's going to end, which is ironic because I feel like these three books, I had no idea how they were going to end that I picked. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on to something that was very lighthearted to something that definitely wasn't. The second book that I picked up was a Reese's Book Club pick and it is The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller. I have seen this Mm -hmm. all over Bookstagram. I think when Reese's Book Club kind of hosts a book, everyone starts to read it. But I read this one, I picked it up last time I went to London when I was in the Piccadilly Waterstones, read it straight away and just really loved the writing style. It does tackle some very kind of hard hitting themes. So there is definitely a trigger warning on this for quite graphic sexual assault. Um, So there's that on there, I just want to mention that, but it is Mm -hmm. so well written. So it follows Elle Bishop, who is in her 50s when the book starts and she Mm -hmm. wakes up in Kate Cart, Kate, I cannot 
I'll say that, Cape Cod for the summer. <laughs> and it's kind of their summer house. And it's called the Paper Palace because the summer house that they stay in at Cape Cod is very, like, flimsy. Like, the walls are made of, I don't know, cardboard. That can't be right. You can't have a house made of cardboard. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So it's called the Paper Palace because it doesn't feel like... Which I think is kind of a metaphor for the family structure. It's a bit flimsy. So she wakes up. She is staying at the summer house with her husband, Peter, and their kids, and her mother, who she has a very complex relationship with. And in another house in Cape Cod is her best friend, Jonas, from a very young age. Is it Jonas or is it Jonah? It's Jonas. And they have been best friends from a very young age. They met at Cape Cod, and he's there with his fiance I think and so Mm -hmm. she wakes up at Cape Cod and the night before she has slept with Jonas for the first time so she's had an affair um, and she's kind of reflecting on that and it takes place over 24 hours leading on from that of whether she decides to go with Jonas or to stay with Peter and in between that are flashbacks as to why her and Jonas never became a couple in the first place even though they clearly Mm -hmm. were very well matched and so it is such a complex family story it really looks into kind of the intricacies and betrayals that can occur in families as I said it does have some very graphic themes but it is just so vividly written and Mm -hmm. it has a lot of timelines in it and I think when a book can do that well it's a sign of a brilliant writer and so definitely definitely recommend that one if you're looking for something that is a bit darker but has family themes it kind of reminded me of a darker version of the most fun we ever had by claire lombardo like that kind of vibe you know when it looks into just all of the webs that connect people which yeah i've said it before and i'll say it again it's my favorite thing about writing and reading so definitely reese picked a good one for her book club i don't know if reese actually picks them i imagine she does but if she doesn't yeah she definitely posts about them every month so i feel like she definitely is involved although i know they have like a full-on team so like she's probably maybe she's presented with like a small selection of like and then she goes for it these are the short list and then she chooses but yeah anyway she nails it she she does go reese and team i love reese with a spoon just a side note i feel like she's one of my favorite celebrities (laughs) Yeah, she seems really nice, so that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know what Um, to do with that, did you? I was like, yeah, no, she seems nice. Great gal, great gal. Don't know her personally, but, like, I can see why you'd like her. Um, So the final book I picked, I've gone for three very different vibes, and I like that. So just full disclaimer, though, I did only read, like, six books this summer, so, like, my selection pool was small. Um, But I did love all three of the books that I picked. So the final one that I picked was um, Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery, Um, That is a Canadian children's classic and I decided to read that and also start watching the TV series on Netflix and with an E in one weekend and it was the coziest weekend ever. I just loved it so much. It was amazing. So Anne of Green Gables, for anyone that doesn't know, is a story that focuses on Anne, our main character. Shocker! I know. Um, She is an orphan and at the very beginning of her story she is collected from a train station where she's been brought from the orphanage um, by a guy called Matthew and him and his sister who are an older pair of people who've never married and still live in their family home and just like run the farm together. They wanted to adopt a young boy from the orphanage um, because they wanted sort of to adopt him, give him a better life, but also sort of set the family up for like future generations because they don't have any children and they didn't just want like the family homestead to crumble into nothingness when they die, basically. A little bit morbid, but I guess that was what people thought of back then. Um, But the orphanage sent a little girl instead of a little boy. So 
therein lies a problem because Anne is so excited to be adopted and to be part of someone's family because she was orphaned as a baby and had then lived with families like to work for them before and was treated really badly but she'd never been part of anyone's family yeah. before and so Matthew he quite, quite wants to keep her Marilla the sister at first a little bit resistant but their family home is Anna um, is Green Gables so the title Anne of Green Gables kind of gives away that she ends <laughs> up staying as so a spoiler alert and um, she stays and then her life and all of her misdemeanors and troubles that she gets herself in kind of ensue she's very like intelligent very chatty talks a bit too much and is just a really fun protagonist I think like she's just like you can really root for her because she's been through a lot but she's also really fun and funny and you know you just really want her to succeed and I just thought it was really nice and heartwarming lovely it's one of my mum's favorite books but I'd never read it so it was nice to finally read it and then I also really liked watching it the show in tandem with reading it just to kind of get the like visual side of it as well I've got two comments to make after hearing these all about that the first one is I think you should as a profession speak about classics like just speak about them because the way you speak about them makes (laughs) I think make would make people want to read them like I've never thought about picking that book up but you made it you made you make classics sound fun which I think is you know I really would love if that could be a job like if anyone knows what that profession is hit me up because I'll do it it's obscure (laughs) um because I just think it's but like classics they're not a genre like it's yeah. said as a genre but they're not a genre there is a classic for virtually every genre out there you know like whether you're interested in romance sci-fi horror fantasy like there's classic versions of all that and I also like to think that classics are an ever-evolving range of novels you know books that have been brought yeah. out now will one day will be one day be classics, classics yeah, you know point. not every book but some of them will be and so i think that they are scary because there's a very select version of them and selection of books that are pushed as the classics and the books to read but there's actually so many out there and also like something to suit everyone and you know you won't love every single version of a classic you won't love every type of one or every author but that's the same like you wouldn't expect yeah, to love every contemporary novel so i think classics they aren't as scary as they look but equally I don't ever want to pressure people into thinking that you have to read classics because I think that kind of like literary elitism is just so pointless I think people should just read whatever they want to but if you're only not reading classics because you're scared of them then try ones like Anne of Green Gables or Little Women that are actually children's classics because that can be a really great way to like gently ease yourself into the genre and just have a a nice time. Mm, Definitely I think it's kind of it seems like a scary genre but hearing people like hearing you talk about it makes it sound less scary so yeah yeah and then the, also the second point i want to make is do you think it has any relation to annie like the movie with daddy warbucks <laughs> because some of the things you were saying i was like oh, that reminds me of annie <laughs> do you know it could do you know because obviously Anne has ginger hair that's yeah. like a key character trait um I feel like possibly, you know, like a lot of musicals, they are based on classics, some more closely than others, like obviously Oliver very closely to Oliver Twist and that kind of thing, but I think that there's definitely a possible link there. I've never looked into it because I've never really watched Annie, but like from what I know of it, it certainly could have a little bit of like, it could have been a modern day version of Anne of Green Gables because obviously Annie is set in the 
yeah a more modern era than the Anne of Green Gables yeah. would have been so yeah interesting just just made me think of it a little bit especially because like when you said they were expecting to get a boy um I, th- I don't know I haven't watched Annie in a long time but I have a feeling that that was a theme in that one too so hmm. who knows yes. you you very well might be right <laughs> Um, so the third book, the final book that I picked, is one that made me cry two days ago. Will definitely be, I think, probably my top five of the year. I haven't, Ooh. I haven't read a book in quite a few months that I've thought that's going to be a fave of the year. So it's a nice feeling when that happens. Yeah. Um, and it was quite hard to get hold of. I had to order it through Blackwell's, which I've never ordered through. Before. Ooh, I haven't ordered um, through Blackwell's since uni. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it it says like only has the US price on, so I don't know if it came from America. Mm-hmm. But it is the People We Keep by Alison Larkin. Um, and so this one is set in kind of 1994, and then shows the years onwards from that um but it is it's not past 2000 i don't think so it is set like a little bit previous and it follows yeah. april who in the first chapter you see that she's trying to hotwire a car um in the motorhome is it called a motorhome park or like a, the trailer park where she lives she is trying yeah. to hotwire a car from her neighbor waits till her neighbor is asleep and then she drives illegally to this open mic night where she plays a few songs and everyone loves her and it is about April is a very good entrance into her story like starting it there because you see how desperately she loves music and wants to perform you see where she's come from and that she's clearly like come from quite a sad background there's no parents there to take her to the open mic night she's clearly Mm -hmm. struggling um and she feels so so real from the get-go and it's basically about her life she ends up leaving the trailer park where she lives on her own because her father so her mother left when she was little and her dad lives with another family and kind of doesn't really care about her and Mm -hmm. so one day she ends up just leaving town really unexpectedly and it is about the places that she goes to following that in the upcoming years and about the people that she ends up meeting and she is clearly distrusting of human connection because she's never really had it but it is about these really emotional relationships that she forms with people along the way and about her music career and it's just it's so so like emotional it's like really tragic because she has such a sad life and she really struggles to connect with people because of her past and her relationship with her father and obviously her mother left but it is also so heartwarming to read about just like the power of human connection and i'm not going to spoil anything because this is one of those books where you literally can't you cannot predict where it's going to go i think when i bought this one based on the blurb i thought it was going to be about her rise to fame (laughs) so i got Mm -hmm. it completely wrong not going to say what it is actually about but it's one of those ones that will leave you just I didn't want to leave her world because she felt like she could be sat right next to me. She was that real. Um, And I was just ended up in floods of tears, like literally floods of tears. And I couldn't get over it for like 24 hours after. Of the three books that you mentioned, that's probably the one that I would be the most inclined to read. Yeah, it's just, it's just so, it has a lot of plot as well as characters as well. And it just writes it so well. Like April, I feel like I know her, which is the sign of a good book. Definitely, yeah. It sounds as though like you really, really connected to that character. So I already want to read it. Thanks. Yeah, for I think you would like. Um, I think so too. I just I love a good book that can make you cry. That's, yeah, that's, I haven't yeah. cried at a book in. I, I don't know for. when. I honestly don't know when. Yeah, do you know, I feel like the only book in recent history that's made me cry that I can recall. I might have like blocked them out of my memory, but a little life that made me cry. Oh yeah. Oh, see that one. Oh, I was oh. trying to squeeze a tear out and I just couldn't. <laughs> you might be the only person do you know that. what though i saw a review um on it was on bookstagram and i like scroll past it because i've already read a little life but it was mm-hmm. someone that was saying that there was so much trauma in that book that it almost felt like 
like not real and so they therefore felt detached from it and that I think sums up completely like how I felt about it yeah I think it is obviously an a really intense amount of trauma I felt like it was it was towards the end that it really got me because yeah. it felt as though like so much happened in like the last few chapters that was just so sad um but yeah that definitely made me cry. probably also because we both tried to read it in like 24 hours or whatever from yeah. we did matching reading vlogs for that like a year ago yeah I am glad of that though because I, I feel like it would have been worse on like emotionally to drag out the experience. Yeah, I feel it was like so heavy. It was a bit of a rip the band-aid off situation mm. of like just like get through it and like then it was done and you could put it behind you. Whereas like I don't know, a book that size you'd normally think to spread it out over quite a while, but I I'm glad we didn't, to be fair. Yeah. I literally was quite numb after that book I, I was living with Lucy at the time my cousin and she kept saying to me like are you all right and it really I just think it's one of those books that does leave you just feeling a little bit numb for a while yeah I think it has things in it that you're like okay it's unrealistic logically that that much would happen to one person but each of the things that happened to Jude the main character were things that do happen to people, you know, like really, really awful things that are brushed under the carpet and there are people, like he was um, a child in in foster care and things like that who didn't have anyone to advocate for him and that is very much a reality in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so I think that although, you know, that situation did feel like it was maybe overdoing the amount of trauma and the fact that people who do reading vlogs on it say you know you have to say it's got literally every trigger warning I do think every single thing that was discussed is something that happens in reality and that is I think why it's so heavy because you're like this is being used as a form of fiction and therefore as a form of entertainment but this is also something that is very very real um which definitely makes it like a really intense and sad experience which I think when you're reflecting on it afterwards, you're like, whoa, that is yeah. that's dark. Definitely. So. If you don't know what book we were talking about there, like, it was A Little Life. And um, who is the author of that again? Hanya Yanagihara. Yeah, if you wanted to check that one um, out. On the topic of that, though, speaking of uh, if you want to know books, um, my mum has suggested to us several times now, basically every time we ever mention a book, she's like, could you please make an Instagram highlight with all of the books that you mention on the podcast? Because it could be really hard to notice the title and take note of it whilst you're listening, especially if you're listening in the car or when you're out and about. So... I think this episode would be the ideal time to yeah. start that Instagram highlight on our Instagram page at We're Spinning Plates. So yeah, when this we'll episode goes live, we will share stories, add them to a highlight and continue to add any books that we talk about in the podcast onto there. So if you want recommendations or to refer back to what we've read, then you can check that highlight out. Right, Oscar? Oscar always providing the quality content so on that note I think we should end the episode with are you excited for any upcoming books whether they be ones that have already been released and you're excited to read them or anything that's coming out and I'm gonna let you obviously talk about the the glaringly obvious one there's just one there is literally there's only one I don't keep up to new releases that closely like there are usually just a select few every year that I'm like super excited for Um, Not to say that I don't read others, but I don't like prep and pre-order loads. But since about this time last year, I have had sitting in my Waterstones basket, uh, Beautiful World, Where Are You by Sally Rooney, which is coming out on the 7th of September. So by the time this episode goes out, 
we will have read it. We'll be living in a beautiful world where we have read Beautiful World, Where Are You? Which is such an exciting prospect. I am um, I so wait. excited to read that one. Sad times for me though. So I had previously ordered the signed copy to my old house. And for some reason, Waterstones don't let you change the address of an order. Oh, so like how are you going to get app. it? Um, so I just had to cancel that order and order oh. the Waterstones exclusive edition, but I couldn't get the signed one because they'd all sold out. Annoying. Could it? I was know. your old address like Jay's parents' house? It was, but I I needed the book. Yeah. On publication day. See, so. I am very excited to read this one, and I'm not going to make any promises, but I think because by that time, so it comes out on the 7th of September, I move into my new flat on the 10th, which I'll talk more about in an upcoming episode, I think I might wait, save it, and maybe do a reading vlog of it. (gasps) Oh my god, the YouTube comeback! See, I don't think, I've I've been thinking a lot about YouTube, and I think that's something that I would want to look back on, like, there's no, I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to do regular and consistent content, but in terms of, like, it's going to be a video I'll want to look back on, like, we have been excited for this book for so long. A Um, long time. And and if anyone wants to watch it, they can, like, I think that's the attitude I'm going to take, so... Also, yeah. because I'll be in a new flat, it'll be easier to film vlogs because I'll have more rooms and stuff. So I'm just thinking, maybe as a like a potential idea, I might save it and do a reading vlog. So very excited for that one too. And then that was obviously going to be mine as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I will talk about one that is already released. And it's actually the book that I picked up in Book Bar. So I thought it was kind of relevant as well. Yeah. Um, th- I saw it on their Instagram. They did like a post with this book and then a croissant and a cappuccino in the post. And it was so aesthetically pleasing that when I went, I knew it was going to be the one that I was going to read and buy. So the one that I am excited for is Victoria Park by Gemma Reeves. And this is as it's kind of alludes to in the title is set in Victoria Park in London and follows 12 different people and their stories as they like as their lives intersect in this park and I just think that sounds so wonderful it's kind it kind of reminds me maybe of like a fiction version of modern love you know that kind of energy of getting snippets of people's lives um, and their stories and I love the idea of that it's not something I would want to read constantly because I quite like getting very much into one person's life but the idea of snippets all centered around this park just seemed very fun to me so I'm going to be picking that one up next I think yeah I feel like as like a one-off kind of like oh that's a nice little concept wouldn't be like your favorite genre like I could read this non-stop forever but definitely fun to sort of like I guess those kinds of things always remind me of of, you know like love actually and that type of thing where you get like loads of intersecting stories and those are usually really really fun so yeah because I think it's the kind of thing that if you were sat in a park you'd be people watching and you'd probably see 12 people and you'd think, I wonder what yeah. their story is. So this is like the actual written version of that. So that sounds cool. Yes, absolutely. Love that for you. <laughs> Love that for me too. So with that, I think we have possibly covered everything bookish we could in this episode. I feel like we really got, this is what I love about these episodes. Like, although it's a lifestyle podcast, really nice to just talk about something that we are so both so passionate about. So I hope you've all enjoyed listening to those books. Please let us know if you have read any of those. As Kira said, we'll be putting a highlight up so you can check any of them out if you want to. I think we'll end up obviously planning ahead now because we're recording this ahead of time. Probably put those highlights up on the day that this episode releases and then they'll remain on our profile. That's my thought. That's the vision. Um, And obviously we could keep growing it as we talk about books more and more because that is just an inevitability. (laughs) Yes, definitely for us on this podcast. 
So I hope you enjoyed listening and we will see you next week with our next guest. Which I'm very excited about. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.